Hello, my name is Katerina from Product Eyes in Lisbon and you're listening to Girls Who Product. Girls Who Product is an online series of interviews with women who beat the product ceiling and our goal is to inspire other ladies around the world to get into the product profession. And today I'm joined by uh, Julie from Zalando. Julie is a product manager and apparently she's a sport enthusiast and a salsa dancer. Hi Julie. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Julie, um, you define yourself as a professional communicator. That's at least what I found on your profile. How would you find that role? What is professional communication for you? And does someone need to actually hold a degree in communications in order to have strong ability to communicate and connect with others? Um, I would preface by saying that a communications degree is absolutely not necessary. While it is um, helpful, I don't think it is going to um, be a, a condition that absolutely needs to be met. So for me, professional communication means to be empathetic, to be open-minded, and most of all, to be willing to let the other person talk. So when I'm talking to someone, I'm trying to listen to them really actively rather than in my head already preparing my rebuttal. Basically, I let them talk, I listen with an open mind uh, to what they have to say, and then if I need time to think about it, I can repeat what they uh, what they said, basically, and think about what I want to respond to that. So I think this listening is almost more important than the talking part. Of course, when you're talking, there's clarity, there is confidence, being concise, all these things, but all of this can be practiced, I think. So a degree is not necessary. I think what is necessary is to take the time to reflect on your communication. So if you had a meeting with someone that you thought went particularly well or not so well, then go through it and think about what was it that made it good or that did it not make so good and what could I maybe do differently or what can I take away if it went well uh, to apply the next time around. And for you personally, what kind of sacred techniques or tools, if you can name a few, you use in order to build up a strong team? I wouldn't exactly call it a secret, but I think it's important to um, take the time to build report with the team members. So I think the, um, as we call it, water cooler talk is not a waste of time. Of course, it's time where people are not working, as in developing software or analyzing something. But I think this is um, a key ingredient of making a, making a strong team because you can learn more about the person, you can empathize with them, understand how they think and how to best communicate with them. Because people have different styles and communication that you need to adapt to. So I think it's good to make the time to basically try this um, to be personable and then they will also be willing to come to you with questions more easily. You define yourself as a professional communicator. So what is the borderline between just a good communicator and a professional communicator? What makes me say that I'm a professional at this is that I can say with confidence that I can do it well and it's not a matter of chance or luck. Um, and that, uh, and I'm jumping ahead a bit here, that I also found out that this is actually a marketable skill. So um, that's a bit where I was, I always thought, okay, I, I'm good at this, but until someone actually 
said, wow, you're really good. It's like, can we uh, can we get this bill from you and we will pay you for it? That I thought, oh, this is actually maybe really good. <laughs> I've been fascinated actually to look through your profile and the diversity of hobbies that you have. So starting from being a yoga teacher, ending up actually with designing things and uh, dancing salsa and ballroom, running, biking, like the list is never ending. Um, how do you think you found yourself in the profession of product manager? Well, I think it's more that I'm, I, I like to do a little bit of everything that keeps me on my toes. And of course, this list of hobbies. And um, it's actually, I had a conversation with someone about that recently, about the question of when do you say it's a hobby? Because there is, of course, no minimum amount of times a week that you need to do something to call it a hobby. So all of these things that I consider my hobbies are things that I enjoy, which does not mean that I necessarily do all of them every week, um, but rather this is things that I'm oscillating in between. And then I ended up being a product manager by detour. Um, I have a background in humanities and um, was looking basically for, for something that I can do with that because it's notoriously a field of study where people wonder, well, what are you going to do with this? Um, so by accident and by being curious and having these hobbies, I kind of looked into what I could do, what interests me, and followed kind of my curiosity around until I found out that there is such a thing as a product manager. And I think that job actually plays really well to this um, multifaceted person and having multiple interests and being kind of open to all sorts of input. So I think it's actually a match made in heaven, probably. But in any case, as you said, you mentioned you have your degree in humanities and you also got to work in humanities. Um, as far as I know, for two years, you've been working for a cultural cause at Community Cinema. That's right. Uh, and then out of the sudden, you kind of switched to a more technical side of the things. Can you say now that you are kind of confident in making this choice? And uh, do you feel that your current profession fulfills you and fulfills your needs and uh, your hunger to explore other things? So I'm not sure how, how much I can say I'm confident about my career path because as the word implies, it's a path. Um, so I can talk about the point that I'm at right now but probably the path is going to change. I don't know what kind of bends and turns it will take. So from the community cinema to here, this was already a turn that I could not have anticipated. So I don't know what the next turn will be. And I think within product management, there is so much, there are so different um, kind of ways of doing product management, depending on the product and the company, that there is so much more to explore. So I. I really don't know what's around the next bend in the road. Uh, can you please tell uh, a bit more about your experience of uh, an event host? For example, you were part of Womanize. It's an action day for female talent in Tech International Film Festival. What did you learn from it? How did you get into it? And are you still continuing doing something for for a social cause, I would say? Um, so I also fell into this by accident. By uh, So um, a friend of mine was co-organizing um, this Womenized event. And um, I think two or three years ago, their um, official and prof professional event host got sick and couldn't attend. So the, the day before the event, basically, they didn't have a host. 
And then they asked me because they just needed someone who speaks English well and who would be confident enough. And then I, um, in my product management fashion, was not super sure I could do it, but I was willing to give it a try. So I said, of, of course. Uh, and after I said yes, then I thought, ooh, was that such a good idea? This is really intimidating and this is scary and there will be so many people. Um, but I did it anyway and it went quite well. So they asked me again. So I've done this event multiple times and then um, the people who organized this referred me on uh, for this film festival, which I then hosted which was a really nice loop back because my humanities studies were actually film. So that worked out perfectly to then host the film festival. I guess your position implies uh, having little personal time, I would say. So do you still do it on the side uh, of being a product manager at Zalando? Yes, I do. So it's not, this is um, something, I mean, it doesn't happen that regularly. It's occasionally that someone will ask me to host an event and then I will jump in if I have time, sometimes take a vacation day, um, which is which is fine. I enjoy this, this part of my hobbies, basically, so I'm happy to take a vacation day for it. But it's not, um, it's not super frequent. If someone comes along, I will... If something comes along, I will do it, but it doesn't happen that often. As far as I know, you focus a lot on personal development and also on the connection of body, mind and spirit. Do you think that meditation and doing yoga actually helps you in the profession uh, of a product manager? And if yes, in what way? I think it does in a way. I mean, it's the way you um, the way you carry yourself, basically. So it helps me... Um, bettering and centering and de-stressing myself which then I think translates into my work because of course that is something that I then take with me so it's super effective in releasing stress because it's there's just no way to think about work while you're standing on your head and I think sometimes that's really really important to get this moment to tune out and while there are other um, kind of hobbies or things you can do where your mind can still creep back to work this can't happen here. Then, of course, having a primarily sitting sitting down job, it's good to have some sort of sports to balance this. Um, and then the meditation basically trains self-awareness and acceptance. And I think this is something that is super useful, particularly for product managers. We work in uncertain conditions with moving target and everything changes always. So I think it's great to have a little meditation playground to explore um, this acceptance of being in an uncertain state. And for example, during your workday, let's say you have a busy, busy schedule, you're running between the meetings, preparing different reports. How do you actually stop for five seconds, take a breath and move on? What is your personal approach into it? How to, you know, just leave everything behind and take five minutes for yourself? <laughs> Well, it's actually, it's the practice of meditation is so it takes a bit of work and I still sometimes fail at it, but it's just what you said, coming back to the breath. And that is basically all it takes. If you're super stressed out um, and you're like, um, you will notice that your breath will get shallow and that you're kind of, the mind is all over the place. And then in this moment, I think this is what the meditation trains is to be like, oh, wait, what's going on here? I'm super I'm relaxed, I'm stressing out, my breath is shallow. And then you find a point in your body where you can feel the breath and then just rest with your attention there for five seconds or just notice and then make sure to expand the breath 
to make the in-breath as long as the out-breath. And that already helps tremendously to just do that for, for a few breaths. And then also the if you're frantically running around, sometimes you just need to accept that you will be five minutes late for the meeting. And you stressing out about it is not going to make it better. You will still be five minutes late, even if you're in the, waiting on the elevator and are totally freaking out. Or if you're waiting for the elevator, focusing on your breath, the elevator still takes the same time. So um, this acceptance part is quite useful. Among your students, yoga students, do you have anybody from Zolando attending your classes? Uh, or not really, you're doing it uh, outside of, of your company? Um, I'm doing it outside of the company. I would like to teach here because that would be very convenient, of course. Um, but it's not so easy to organize. But my colleagues are all very interested. Um, and uh, occasionally, uh, someone of my teammates will accompany actually to my classes. But it's not super easy because I teach mostly at kind of membership gyms or something. So then it, they have to pay a lot to get into one single yoga class. So that's a bit not so great. So teaching here would be convenient. Let's talk maybe a little bit about uh, your role at Zalando and um, about your profession. Why do you think that product management could be a unique career path? Well, to me, it is the um, that you're at the intersection of all these different functions. And of course, that is going to depend on the size of the company that you're working in and the um, product you're working on. But for me, there are so many stakeholders and I have to do with people in so many different functions that I always get to see a little bit of what they do and how they do it. That's super exciting and interesting to collaborate this in this way. And also, if there are capabilities lacking, um, then you sometimes have to step in. So even if I'm a product, product manager, we don't have a product analyst, meaning I sometimes have to just try my hand at it. And I'm not saying I'm great at it. I would be really happy to get support. But it's really nice to also get to um, broaden your horizon and expand what you can do to also try something else occasionally. So I think that is really a job that is really well suited for someone who always wants to try a little bit something different or see how other people are doing things. And if I would ask you to outline maybe five things that you have learned about yourself um, at your position of a product manager, what would it be? Five things I have learned about myself. Um, I am still sometimes intimidated um, by uh, technical things. So um, as I said, I'm not a um, not a technical person with a humanities background. So when I started, I thought, oh my God, I need to know so many technical things. Turns out I didn't. And that's great because when I started to get into it, I also tried my hand at coding and found out, well, it's not magic, but also I don't like doing it that much. <laughs> so <laughs> that is something I learned. And in the, in the interactions with my, um, with the developers I work with, um, I noticed that, uh, Sometimes they do get me with their like very technical things and I still feel a bit intimidated and then I need to remember that I don't actually need to know all that much. What else did I learn about myself? That I'm a very collaborative person. So I used to have one colleague in product management that I work with directly who unfortunately, um, or good for him, found a different um, position that, that he likes. And um, now I'm by myself. And I noticed that sometimes it just makes sense to talk to people about things. If I'm in my head alone for too long, 
I will go in circles and sometimes I just need someone to bounce an idea off of. Like my personal rubber ducky. Um, so I noticed very strongly that I need my rubber ducky. Um, also, I learned that if I had to look more into one of the adjacent functions of so people that I work with, it would probably be user research because that is something that always tickles my interest. Um, so that's four, but that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> what kind of products are you more interested in on working and what is the current product that you're working on? Um, I am now working on the online returns funnel. So um, for customers in Germany, they may not even know what that is. But in many other markets that we're active in, people will understand what this refers to. So basically when a customer um, would like to return an item that they didn't like or that didn't fit, we ask them to please tell us online what uh, they want to return. Uh, this helps us to streamline our processes, that helps us to give the money, um, the refund back to the customer faster. So it's good for us and it's also great for the customer if they tell us beforehand what they're going to return. And we are uh, in the process of migrating this from legacy systems into a new world where we can basically add new features, where we're able to maintain it and where we can do great stuff that hopefully our customers will love. So um, that's the product I currently work on. And I quite like that because that is the first product I work on where uh, we have um, an actual um, like interface, like a front end, um, so we can do user testing here and the products that I was involved with before uh, were primarily back-end products. So I really enjoy that now I get to user test and watch people uh, try out our product and see what they think about it. That is really great to empathize and to also reignite passion with the product to see it be used. What would you say you like the most and the least working with the customers and in general working with people? Well, in dealing with the customers, I like most uh, that they get so excited. Um, if it's customers who have seen the product before and then we um, have in our user test a really cool new feature and then they get really excited um, that they see something um, or sometimes also they don't get excited because um, so there's a thing with features. If, if people think a feature should absolutely be there, but it has never been there. Then once you add the feature, they will not necessarily point it out as something positive because they expected it all along. Um, so if I have this situation that we added a great new feature and people are like, oh yeah, well, this is obviously there. Then I feel like, yes, we found something that people absolutely expected and now we added it. So we made their experience, basically, we brought our product up to the um, level of experience they expected. So I really like that. Um, and then in our user testing, what I sometimes find a bit frustrating is that you sometimes deal with people who seem to be professional user testers. So they already know everything, they know how the process works, and they have the right terminology. So you can see that they basically do this all the time and then I always try to take their feedback basically with a grain of salt because, of course, they have seen a million things like that. So it's not like the average Joe or average Jane that would be our ultimate customer. These, these people just know too much. Can you talk um, about one woman that uh, has really impacted your life, that you remember until nowadays and remember the lessons that you uh, took from it? 
immediately one person that comes to mind. So when I uh, just finished um, finished school, I uh, went to the United States as an au pair. And my host mom, uh, a very energetic woman named Eve, um, has been always a huge inspiration because she is um, really great at doing a lot of things. And it seems like this is a bit reflected in how I deal with my work and my private life now. That she um, holds up a full-time job and is doing really great at it. Then she's also um, a parent. Then she still has time to, or makes time to volunteer, to have hobbies, to work out really regularly, to even um, compete in swimming. So she has all these, like all these things that she enjoys and she manages to juggle them all at the same time. And she has been and still is a huge inspiration. And um, some of the key things that I learned from her are prioritization. <laughs> so what do you want most or what needs to get done most? Meaning in her case, the kids come first, then comes the rest. Um, but also asking for help if you need it. And also um, if you must invest in getting the help that you need. So if you say, okay, in order to have this lifestyle I want and to do all the things I like to do, I need to offload some things that I don't want to do, then this needs to get done. So I try to handle it this very same way. And so far I'm doing pretty good with it. Actually, there is a stereotype that um, women deal with multitask more uh, in a more efficient way than men. Uh, do you agree on that? And do you think that this is something that we really need in managing the project? Hmm, I think it depends on a it depends on a definition of multitasking. So if multitasking uh, should mean that you do multiple things exactly at the same time so that you're um, cooking while you are watching the kids, while you are writing work emails, then I'm not sure if this is so desirable. I mean, we it has been shown in studies that this actually decreases your efficiency in all of these tasks. Um, so I don't think this is, uh, this is maybe a good idea. But then you can do all these things in sequence. And here I think there is there we come to our product management, prioritizing, time boxing. So you can do everything in sequence and be a bit more efficient at it. And do you think that women, particularly women, uh, can bring some change into the world of product? I'm not sure if the um, if it's specifically about women. I would just take this broader and say diversity in general because we know, and this is also clearly noticeable in, in meetings and interactions I had, that the more different the people in the room are, the more ideas we get. If everyone has the same background and the same idea about life and how things are supposed to work, they're constantly going to confirm biases. However, as soon as someone else come, comes in with different background and experiences, they can add a new viewpoint. And I think um, this is something where women can clearly help as one set of diverse people, um, which we still need more of. Mm. So I would like to see that more. I'm missing the diverse people next to me because I think that our perspectives as women, as non-white male people are valuable. And that even this standpoint, this different angle and this different question we ask are super useful. How do we inspire them to make a change and to actually welcome diversity in our working environment, I would say? I think they do. Um, we just need to be there. I think the, we need to step up and women need to be confident that they can do the job because they can. And I have not met resistance. So in, in, my, um, in my direct team, there are actually many women among the product managers 
Um, but then in some of the stakeholder meetings where I say I'm, there, there are not so many. Um, so I think just just showing up, being at the table, and then also sometimes pushing for your opinion, even if it's not a popular opinion, is still your opinion. And if there's only one of you and there is no one to confirm you, because there are five people with other perspectives, maybe you need to explain it again and say, well, this is also a valid standpoint. Um, and that five people who have the same experience don't think it's valid does not mean it's not valid. How do you manage to balance your personal and professional life? I think it's important to have healthy boundaries. Um, of course, some bleeding into each other of work and private life, I think, cannot be cannot be prevented. So if you have a difficult situation at home, it is probably going to show in some way at work that you're not so that you're not feeling so great. And I think here it then helps to be um, open about it and give people a healthy dose of information so that they can understand what's going on. And then I try to do that while keeping healthy boundaries. I try to not take work home, so only if it's really urgent. Um, then I will continue working from home, but I try to do my work in my office and then my private stuff in my private time. And um, personally, I just started to limit my work time to only four days a week. And this is super great for me because I find that extra day particularly energizing. You can do things anti-cyclical and go to, um, go to the lake Friday on lunchtime uh, when no one else is there, which is so much more relaxing than going on Sunday. So I can, I can highly recommend having an extra day off and it's, um, if your work allows you to do that. So for me it does and that helps a great deal. What advice would you give to women who want to become product managers? Something inspirational, something that uh, probably you felt missing when you just started uh, in this uh, product role. Well, to me, this job sounded a bit too good to be true. It sounded almost magical and a bit intimidating because I thought, oh God, I cannot do all of this. I, how, am I, how am I supposed to do all these different things? This, is, this seems crazy. Um, now I learned, and I think this is important to know, that it is not necessary to understand everything and to know everything. It's important to be confident, but it's also important to be humble, understand that everyone is learning and doing the best that they can. And that you can always ask questions as many as you like. So no one expects you to understand everything because things can get quite complex if you have no technical background, all the more so. And then you ask your developers to explain to you again on a Sesame Street level for people with no technical background how something works. And they're always happy to help, as are the product colleagues. So I think if you're willing to say that you don't know, um, but you are curious enough to ask about it, then you're going to be fine. So it's basically all about believing in your own self and be confident uh, in what you're doing. Thank you very much. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. And um, it's, after each interview, I get myself personally inspired and um, you know, just get up, move on, believe in yourself. And, uh, you know, just be confident in where and why you go. I guess that's it. And uh, at the end of, I just wanted to invite you to Productize Conference, uh, which is happening this year in Lisbon on November 1st and, and 2nd. I hope you could join us. Thank you very much for joining. And uh, I'm really excited to meet you in person in Lisbon.